When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey everyone, welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today with me is someone who's becoming a really good friend and a a colleague as well, you know, as we continue to grow our relationship, and that is Rich Lebrun. Welcome, Rich. Welcome to the show. Jen, uh, great to see you. Thank for, thanks for letting me be on your show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, thank you. I am too. You know, and I was on your podcast as well. So we'll we'll definitely have a link in our um, in our notes. You know, uh, for where your podcast, where you you can see uh, that podcast as well, because we want to be able to promote your podcast. Um, so let me tell everyone a little bit about you as we get started here today. Uh, you're our franchise consultant, uh, executive coach, and the author of What's My Next Move, which is so fitting for this podcast because originally when I started this podcast, um, it was my shift. It was my move from, okay, I was successful in the mortgage business. Now what? Right. So that was where we came from success to significance. Um, So I know that's what we're going to be talking about here today. But having had the opportunity to work for some of the largest commercial and real estate companies in the country, as well as um, own and operate several businesses throughout his 30 year career, he is passionate about coaching small business owners enabling them to increase their profit margins, successfully introduce new product lines and develop award-winning teams. Of course, this is right up my alley. Something I'm excited about. (laughs) I know you're passionate about helping others develop their full entrepreneurial potential. And I know that you do this through through franchising. So tell us a little bit about um, the franchises that you recommend or support um, and, and how you identify for people um, what franchises are going to be the best for them if this is the path that they want to take? Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the question. Um, we really start off first. We try to help them determine should they be a business owner at all. Yeah, you know, you know there's we always say if everybody owned their own business, we'd have no employees. So, uh, uh, but not everybody should be. About half our country shouldn't be. They're just not wired up that way. But the other half could be. And so we really have that conversation up front of, you know, are they really cut out to own their own business? And then the next step is we say, you know, okay, if that's true, is the franchise model right for you? Because that all that model is really, if you can't follow a system, really you shouldn't buy a franchise because that's why you're buying it, something that's already turnkey. And so if the franchise model fits for them, then it's a matter of just identifying the brands. And we... The difference, the way we do our business is we feel it's very strategic, okay? Uh, 
there's a saying, and Michael Gerber wrote this in his book, E-Myth, you know, the, the woman who likes to bake bought a bakery, and then she hated baking. Yes, <laughs> right. And right. so a lot of people jump in, they just want to chase their passion and, and, and approach it that way. They don't really look at it from a strategic standpoint. I mean, this is a financial decision. It's a family decision. It's a vision cause, maybe a social cause they want uh, to uh, promote. Uh, maybe they want to leave a legacy for their kids. Because there's a lot to think about since we really have them take the approach of if I buy a business, what do I want them want the business to do for me? That's the most important thing you do. And, and so we take them through their process to spend a lot of time with them on the front end. And then we go out and find the brands. Now, there's 3,500 brands in the industry. So there's a lot to choose from. Then we start matching them up to the brands and then we coach them how to evaluate a business what the day in a life is going to look like, what the return on investment is going to look like. And we coach them all the way through. It's about, it's about a four month process on average. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting that you said um, about there. First of all, the front end of this that you said, it's very much like becoming an entrepreneur anyway, regardless of franchising. It sounds a lot like a very simplified version of this, the hedgehog theory, right? Find what you love to do, find what you are great at and find what makes you know financial sense for you. You know, my husband uh, was a Snap-on tool owner. Well, there you go. I know you know that franchise. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was a Snap-on tool owner for years and years and years. And the reason he went in that direction was because he was a, a master mechanic with Goodyear for years, but yeah. he found that he didn't want to make that his, that was his passion. He didn't want to have that be his business, right? And and even today he works on cars. He's a professional, or not professional, but a semi-pro um, drag racer, and he loves to work on cars, but it becomes painful when someone says, well, can you fix my car? And he's like, oh, <laughs> so the reason he went into the tools was because he he thought that's a great opportunity for me to go into snap on tools because I'm selling tools. I'm not actually working on the cars, but I can still advise. Right. And, yeah. And so I thought that that was, you know, interesting concept that you take, you know, people through that. What do you find? Um, what do you find is the biggest mistake that people have in thinking that, hey, I'll just do I'll go for the turnkey. I'll go for the model. <laughs> I kind of feel like I know where this is going to go, but I go for the turnkey. I go for the model uh, because I want freedom. <laughs> right. Fast. But what do they typically find when they jump in? What are some of the challenges that people find when they jump into these models that even though you've explored them, there's still challenges? Well, they don't respect the fact, two things. They don't respect the investment. They don't like all the other investments, stocks and real estate, et cetera. Uh, and they, they, they have a, a, a preconceived thought about franchising, like it's a magic button. Yeah. And I'm going to buy this and I'm successful. And I try to demystify that. I, I explain the business model. You know, Starbucks is not a franchise and Dunkin' Donuts is. And there, there was a decision that was made in the boardroom. So I try to understand, have them understand the business model. But, but at the end of the day, it's still a business. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest mistake is they don't look at it from that perspective. Okay. Yeah. And they, they just don't respect it. And so I try to get them back to, in fact, it's interesting. All my clients are middle management up to, CEOs, C-suite people, running major corporations, right? Uh, but as soon as they say the franchise, here's the franchise concept. They go, I don't want to go from the corner office to making sandwich. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, well, okay. that's a misperception. <laughs> that's a misperception. I go, why would you do that? You're going to go from the corner office to the corner office. You, your product may be sandwiches or automotive or, you know, tools or whatever they are. But they have this mentality. So I have to get them back into that executive thinking. And then get and then they then they use all those skill sets they have to analyze this correctly. Yeah. So, so you know, going into a franchise versus saying, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there, to, in a sense, you know, when you leave a job at JLB from an, being an employee, whether you are a C-suite or not, and you go into business as an entrepreneur, you technically would have to start doing some sandwich building, right? And things mm-hmm. like that. And I, don't you think that that's one of the benefits of uh, franchising is that you um, circumvent some of those pieces or lots of those pieces? Um, and what percentage do you think that does circumvent that someone would want to consider a franchise? Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, any good leader should know how to make the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. You go through the training, you learn how to make a sandwich, what, what a good sandwich looks like or tastes like. Okay. So that's just, that's a good protocol for this good leadership. Um, after that, I think, you know, if they would understand, here's what happens on why, why people buy a franchise. Uh, really four reasons. Generally, if you're later in life, you're more conservative. You're going to invest some money that maybe you had earmarked for retirement or for something else, right? Uh, so now you're going to invest some money. So you definitely wanted to, uh, what we call de-risk it. Same same right. term, by the way, that the private equity group uh, industry. Right. We want to de-risk the investment. So they like the the fact that it's turnkey. They can they can evaluate the business. They can talk to the franchisees. They can feel, feel it, uh, see it, touch it, whatever they want to do before they invest. They want speed to market later in life okay so they're if they're not 20 i mean so the 20 years old you have a little bit longer runway yeah. you're 50 55 60 that you that runway shorter so they want to capitalize on their experience that's one thing i, why I explained the business model mm-hmm. the franchise com- people who just companies decide to become a franchise uh want to look for people who have experience not in their brand because they'll train them on their brand or service but Building teams, running companies, you know, understanding PL statements. Uh, all they then all they have to then is match up their product or service and teach them about that. And last but not least, silly as it is, uh, people like to do things with people. And uh, and the old saying in, in the franchise world is you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. It's a little bit of a cliche, but in reality, as soon as you buy into a franchise system, you are supported by the corporate office. And then depending on how many franchisees around the country, it could be two or it could be 10,000. Well, they become your colleagues who are instantly into this uh, network. Unity, yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 very important. You're not alone. You're not alone. So, no. okay. so define, and I know this is going backwards, but define a franchise because you just mentioned that Starbucks isn't and Dunkin' Donuts is, and I thought they both were because you get that it feels the same. You get the same reaction. I mean, I've never been in a Starbucks in, except for the airport. <laughs> Right. And had a bad experience because it all appears to be the methodology, you know, and the model that that, uh, you know, that everybody has the same model. So give us a definition of what a true franchise is. Okay, so Starbucks sat in their boardroom and they said and they asked the questions like every company would. Do I want to franchise my business or not? And so they went down this thought process and some of the key points as well. We want control, and that's the that's the underlying theme. We want employees, okay? Right. We right. want to use our we want to use our own capital, and right. we want to control our pace of distribution, and we want to control the outcome. Now, 
That's great. And then they're very successful. They're a success story. In fact, the only, they're a franchise outside the country, but in the United States, they're not a franchise. Oh, okay. um, a franchise, I'll just pick anyone, pick McDonald's, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. Everybody knows, thinks of food first, but there's thousands of different ones. <laughs> right. Like, uh, like uh, Jiffy Lube or. Jiffy Lube. You know, exactly. Yeah. Right. So they sat in their boardroom, wrestled with the same question. They go, you know what? Um, I'd rather manage owners than employees. Mm, okay, because okay. I get to use yeah. their money. Okay, so they have yeah. skin in the game. Okay, um, I get to increase my pace of distribution because now I can I can get these to grow across the country faster. Yeah. However, if Jen wants to be that owner, she wants to feel like she owns the business. So I have to give up control because Jen's got to be able to run it, run it and give it to her kids or do whatever she sell it in the future. So right. you need to feel like you have control. So they have to have this relationship, which usually call a royalty system and backed up by documents of you got to run, you can't run a McDonald's and sell hot dogs and get rid of golden arches. You can't do that. Right. Right. And you do but, have systems you have to follow. Yeah. I love yeah. It. You have to follow the rules. That's why I said, if you're not a rule follower, don't buy one. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, you get to add your flair. You know, you could add your style to that business. So in the boardroom, that's that's why they decide let's go the franchise route. You know, yeah. but, the, but that's why most people don't see it when you walk into a store. You see yeah. the, you see the continuity from store to store. Yeah. But the business model behind the scenes was done in the boardroom. Right. So what makes so let's give us an example of what you get to you put your own flavor on that. Where would I see that? Because I'm sure I've seen it before. But where would where would I see that as a consumer that there's a flair that's a little different at this McDonald's versus another McDonald's or, you know, if you're yeah, because that's where the flair would be. Right. Because that's the independently owned. So, yeah, I always tell people, you know, in every business, whether it's franchise or not, there's top performers, average performers and below average performers. Mm -hmm. So the question mm -hmm. is what you're asking, what's the differentiate differentiation between those players? Mm -hmm. Well, usually you'll see definitely some obvious customer service is better. Mm -hmm. the employee engagement is better. They're probably more community in, uh, minded. They may even be have a nice social cause that they're supporting. And those are all the little nuances that the consumer can pick up. They can't really put their hand on it, what it is. But right. you, why? Boy, I went into this McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever it is, uh, Jiffy Lube, and there's something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, per that person would be the top performer. Right. So um, is Taco Bell a franchise? Yeah, it, it was. It's owned, it's owned by the Pepsi company. I think it is now they sold it. So now company. they have employees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Remember the, uh, you remember the Blindside movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the star in that movie, the father owned a bunch of Taco Bells. He was a franchise owner. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that. I remember him. Yeah. Saying that he owned Taco Bell and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He was, but now they're not that way anymore. They're not independently owned. They have employees. So well, well, sometimes it happens to franchise companies. A lot of times bring them back into court, into the court. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And get a little handle on it. And I, and I think that was a good move by Taco Bell because one of the things about Taco Bell, I mean, I love, I love Taco Bell. That's why I was asking. It's <laughs> one place I love to go that, because I don't do, I'm plant-based, so I don't do. Okay. Yeah, but but I when I cheat, that's where I go. You know, it's it's really the only one. I know a lot of people go to Chick Fil A, but it's actually the most fattening food. It is. So, yeah, of all the lists, there's a there's an app that says that fast food, and it tells you all it it is the most fattening. But ever and that's why it's so good. 
but you know, I was seeing sort of a little bit of a demise with Taco Bell because because it became this after school hangout for people and you know and and I for kids and I was finding that you know it was not the nicest place to be and you know and, and I was starting to see that happen um, where I didn't want to go into Taco Bell I just wanted to drive through. Um, and then tell us about Chick-fil-A. Is that company owned? Is that a franchise? It is a franchise. And in Chick-fil-A, it kind of created its own lane. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, obviously, in, in, in their faith-based business. But um, their theory was, I want to make this least expensive to get into mm-hmm. because I want to have the largest population to choose from. And we only want the best of the best. So we didn't want money to be the hurdle. Okay. Yeah. Other people's franchise fees fees might be sixty thousand dollars. Theirs was five. Okay. Wow. wow. And, then, and then they helped fund the build out of the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because they really wanted to go after the best leaders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the misnomer about Chick-fil-A, first of all, there's I don't know what the number is. I've heard anywhere from five to ten thousand people on the waiting list to get in. Okay. Uh but a little bit of the misnomer behind that. I mean, it is a great business by all uh, stretch of imagination, but it's really you don't really end up owning it. They really kind of fund this. You you make a lot of money as an owner as a manager, but at the end of the day, you can't really sell it or give it to your kids. I it's see. Kind of, it kind yeah, of goes back to kind of goes back to the corporate office. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, leasing it. You're leasing it. Yes. <laughs> it's on yeah, loan that, for a that's, while. That's a great way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're on loan for a while. Okay. So yeah, I mean that sounds really good. Um, with that. So we already talked about some of the challenges. You know, like people just not accepting the model um in that part of it but let's talk about all the great things as we you know start to wind down our time here now is what are what are the great things about this and why do you why do you find give us that so people who are listening i'm having a hard time getting my question out people that are listening to this are saying wow i've really never thought about that i thought about you know maybe me leaving this and going there and you know just starting this up and all the work that's going to have to happen but maybe instead of my time i can use my money maybe a little bit of both, um, you know, and this is something maybe I want to explore. What, tell us about the successes that that people could encounter with this and some of the freedom that they could have and why they would want to do this. Yeah, this, this is, um, I think, the world's best kept secret. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were all, my wife and I drive up and down the street and I could say franchise, franchise, franchise. So many things are franchise. People just don't realize it. Okay. Yeah. 3,500 brands, 40 different industries. It's amazing uh, what can be done. Um, but the, the, what's nice about that, you know, you need money. So not as much as people think, by the way, you know, franchises cost anywhere from 50,000 to well over a million. So a lot of people can get in at different income levels mm-hmm. uh, and you can get, become, your own boss, okay? Uh, we have businesses where you can be an owner operator. We have boss, uh, businesses where you can keep your job and have a business on the side. Yep, I you know can, people who've done that. Yeah, yeah, you can scale it, you can yep. build wealth, you can leave a legacy. I mean, I always tell people, we have individuals buying, we have families buying, we have uh, partnerships, corporations. Warren Buffett owns franchises. People don't realize uh, Target owns a thousand pizza huts. This is a wealth building mechanism, Yeah. Okay? And so I do the, know that because when you go into Target, they have Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. They have Pizza Hut, and they have Starbucks in there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so we've had a couple of guys bought. You know, they buy one, they buy five, they buy city, they buy state. A couple of guys bought all of Canada for a brand. You can come in and play 
Okay. Now you don't need to have to have a college education. Okay. Yeah. And they're not picking from any ethnicity or race. Uh, you got to have a little bit of money in, uh, to get in this, but you could be your own boss. Yeah. Okay. You could take you that can... 401k that's sitting there losing, losing value yes. because of inflation, yes. pull it out, keep your job and buy a franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It, it <laughs> becomes a little, you know, the guy on, on the blind side, you know, he was yeah. very, very wealthy. You buy, sometimes it gets a little addictive. You buy more than one, you buy two or three or five, you build a chain. Where I get my haircut, sports clips, I used to be, I was telling everybody he owned 40. I got my haircut the other day. He owns 70 of them now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've got a girlfriend who um, owns eight or nine subways now. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. You get to be, you know, you get to be control of your destiny. And I think that's really important today because, you know, a little side note, average jobs today for executives, you know, 45 to 65 is two and a half years. The average job for CEOs is only five years. Uh, uh, so people who are in their 40s, 50s, and you know, want to, let's say they want to retire at 70, they need a better game plan. Yeah. They need a, a little bit long, longer term look at how they can stabilize their, their income and their future. And most of all, you can actually have a really nice purpose. You can do some really great things. You know, we talk about success, the security, a piece. Yeah, success and significance and all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Who, who is someone who would not be considered for a franchise or is there a franchise out there for everyone? What if someone has fallen on bad times, has bad credit? What if someone um, doesn't have the, the uh, management skills? Okay. They don't have, they don't have the, um, you know, the, the college degree or whatever, and you're saying that doesn't matter. So what are some other things that really don't matter if someone wanted to look at this? But some Well, you know, you know if, if any of the financial hurdles can be overcome if you can bring, you bring a partner in. Okay? Yeah. But staying on your, like yeah, staying okay. on your own, no, you couldn't buy a car, couldn't buy a house, you couldn't buy a franchise if your credit's not good. Right. But you can bring in a borrower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the people who don't want to follow, follow a system, it, it's a little bit frustrating when people really uh, use, always joke around and buy McDonald's and want to sell a hot dog and can't figure out why it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so, uh, you should not have bought one. Go buy something right. else. Start your own right. business. Right. So, go, go start a hot dog stand and good luck, you know, because you could spend 50000 And I'm not saying that's the franchise fee for McDonald's, but you could spend 50000 or you could spend 50000 trying to figure out what's going to work. Yeah, you know, Jen, the two reasons people fail in the franchise system is they don't follow follow a system. Yeah. Then they're undercapitalized, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is what this is why we, you know, it's really near and dear to my heart to make sure people make a decision one way or the other, by the way. I help okay. them. I, either way, I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them not buy one or help them buy one either way. And I love um, that, that that's your your method because for people listening, they're like, oh, he's just going to push me into this franchise thing. And what if I don't, you know, and tell me that it's going to be great. And it's scary, but I love that you're saying that, that you're saying that, look, I'll tell you no, if no is the answer. Yeah. If they're, if they're stretching themselves financially, they, they couldn't wait, uh, weather a storm like COVID or some of the headwinds they'll be facing. So there's some really good fundamental principles of business ownership, financial stewardship. And we really want to make sure that they don't get in trouble because the worst thing, my worst nightmare is to call up somebody and say, Hey, how you doing? John on your franchise. Well, I'm, out of business <laughs> right it's out of business right yeah i agree i agree that's that's a very interesting concept too okay so how do people get in touch with you rich if they're interested in this how what is the best way for them to get in touch with you so that they can 
start working with you and, and making that doing the the discerning I call it discerning expert right going through the maze of the questions yeah. and and get through there yeah uh, one bullet point for your listeners is by the way my services are free uh, we we get paid by the franchise companies. We're like not, a travel agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're a realtor, executive recruiter. So there is no, it's a very safe journey. You got to be able to allocate about two to five hours a week for about four months on average. So um, rlebrun.com. That's about as mm -hmm. simple as it could be. You, yeah. can, you can get a hold of me there. You could see uh, testimonials from people who uh, got a chance to go on a journey. Both testimonies from people who bought and people who didn't buy. Those, those are just as important to me. Yeah, I love that. And do you do you have like a questionnaire or something that someone could get from you to maybe start thinking through this before they actually engage with you? Yeah, our process is very simple. One is if they just want to, we usually have an intro call, 15 minutes. I kind of outline the whole industry, the you know, things, things that they'd have to go through. And assess. The next step is we would actually spend an hour on the phone, go through this questionnaire at any time. Like I say, you can get off the train. Okay, yeah. they're not yeah. signing a contract with me, and they're and a lot of people. Most of my clients get on here going, "I think I want to do this. I'm not sure." Right. I said, "Good. Let's let's explore." Of the four months, three out of four months is totally learning. My hardest thing is telling my clients that you're not buying. Yeah, said, because yeah, they, they got this buy, they, yeah, they got this buy mode, and right when they get this buying mode on, they get their defense mechanisms up, and they're not listening, it's, or not learning. So I said, no, for three months out of this four, you are just totally exploring. Relax, put your feet up on the desk. Let's take this thing nice and slow. Uh, yeah. But but anytime they can get off the train. Yeah, if they have to get off the train, if you tell them, hey, look, let's, you, this is not going to work. You you should get off the train. Um, what is what are some alternatives that you can give to people? What what types of, or do you just say no thanks, good luck, see ya? But do you have resources and outlets and colleagues that that you can refer people to to say, hey, let let's explore this instead. Here, let me give you somebody to call. Yeah, I do. I, I if uh, definitely even in our journey, we help them with the legal side, the financial side. We kind of guide them to the whole program. Uh, but sometimes people just not right timing. Mm -hmm. okay. they, they got halfway through one the interesting thing they learn about business but they don't more so so they learn about themselves yeah you know yeah. sometimes we put I, i've had people put things on pause and come back a year later and say okay we're ready yeah uh, and then i said look you're only, you only have three choices anyhow in business ownership you either start your own okay you buy a business it's not a franchise or you buy a franchise it's really your three choices so yeah. I try to, if, if you said, if you're not sure about the franchise model, let me kind of point you in some other directions to maybe evaluate those other options. Yeah. And then we're, then I always say franchising has been around for over a hundred years. It's not going anywhere. It'll be here if and when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? You know, this is near and dear to my heart because I was at 60 years old. I was in the marketplace. Okay. And, and, and being in the marketplace at that age, I went through all the steps that I take my clients through. That's why I wrote that book. What's my next move so I can capture those steps. Mm -hmm. um, but the hardest thing is most people, especially in that age, lose purpose. Yeah. And they go, you know, and I, I told myself, I'm not done yet. I said, maybe corporate America is not hiring 60-year-old executives. Okay. Right. And, and, but the, but I, I came across the franchise industry and go, Wow. A little bit of money and some opportunity, I can actually create my own destiny. Um, I want people to know that. Yeah. 
it may not be for them, but I'll tell you what, if they go through the process, even if they don't buy, they have this great tool in the toolbox, right? And this, like your husband would say, great tool in the yeah. toolbox yeah. to use someday should they, you know, find it's, it's, it's needed in the future. Well, and I mean, you never know. I mean, they, they might have a family member that says they're doing it or a family member that says, you know, I'm struggling with my business and just some of the skills that they learned just going through the process might be something that turns that business around and they, they go, ah, oh, maybe I have something here. Um, yeah, I was smiling because, you know, that, that, and I mentioned this before, but that's exactly why this, this podcast was created was, um, you know, that I had had this 35 year career in, in lending and, um, I was tired, right? After 35 years of doing anything, whether it's military or teaching, right? All of these these things, um, you know, and I was losing sleep at night going, what's next for me? I don't understand what's going to happen after, you know, and I kept thinking I'm building this little bridge, but I didn't even know what kind of bridge. I didn't know what island I was going to build this bridge to, you know, on this other side. I had no idea. Started talking to my girlfriends and realizing, wow, we're all in this same kind of boat. And then I started talking to guys and, hey, we're all in the same boat. We're all you know, age 65 is no longer the retirement, you know, mm -hmm. whether you can or can't financially or want to is, is, is a choice now. It doesn't have to be a death sentence. It doesn't have to be that you're, you know, uh, even, even from, you know, a glorification or sharing with people, look at me, I retired and you have to work, you poor thing. It's now a choice. Look at, look at Warren Buffett, right? Look at anybody who's saying, look, I'm going to, I want to work until I die or until I you know, can't work anymore. And I think that that's really important for us to understand. I think that we're going to find that people are going to have two careers in their lifetime. And well, you know, it's interesting, you know, you, you work until you die. I think the worst word out there, out period is retirement. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, 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 people put a, a, a painted a picture what that looks like. Yeah. And so when I was out of work, I'm going, you know what, I actually went and studied the word retirement. So where did the word come from? It was built in 1930s, the word came from. And, and since then, society's painted this picture. I go, I love working. I love having a purpose. I love helping people. I took the word out of my vocabulary. I said, I now have a, I have a mission, a purpose. I enjoy, I make some money, I get a chance to meet wonderful, wonderful people like you. Uh, why would I want to retire? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I always tell people, people stop dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what retirement is, right? Stop dreaming. That's equal. Yeah. Stop dreaming. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, lay back, relax, let things happen to you. You know, not be involved. Uh, yeah, I think that that's <clears throat> it's very imperative. And I think that again, you know, people that are in whether you've job hopped in a career, you've had a few careers, you know, up until your whatever age. You know, there is a time, and I've said this before too, is that I believe that we learn then we earn and then we get to the point in our life we want to return right mm -hmm. and so part of the what people are experiencing when they go into for example franchising or you know entrepreneurship in this this latter the season of their life right this latter season of their life is that they're wanting to give back in some way it's either their experience their counsel you know through consulting or whatnot or it's giving back in a charitable mode um, you know, which is, again, this is where you want to return. You want to give back to people that that have helped you get to where you want to go. And I think that that's um, super powerful. I, I think that, you know, um, what's his name? Um, oh, my gosh. Grant Cardone says, you know, nine to five till 65, <laughs> you know, 
Um, you know, and, and it comes from one of the myths of money, which he says, um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what, what the word is, but one of the things is, um, patience is a virtue, mm-hmm. right? Patience is a virtue. Just put your money away, grab your 401k when you retire, get your, you know, get all that when you want. And he said, no way. He goes, it's all urgency. No more nine to five to 65. No more patience is a virtue. Go out and get it. You know, I, I'm 68 now, and I am probably having more fun than I've ever had. Yeah. Okay. I have a business that I get to work with my wife. Uh, we, we can, it's portable. We can pick up our laptops. We can work anywhere in the world. Yeah. I get a chance to work with people in the world. I get a chance to meet, meet, meet people like you. And I get a chance to help people reach their dreams. I mean, it's like, I would have, I, who would have guessed, right? I, the best thing that ever happened to me is I was in the market at age 60. Right, right. I had to reinvent, right. I had to reinvent myself, and, and right. I, I just love it. Yeah, I love it. And I love it, too, because, you know, I'm tapping on 60 in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so I'm there. I'm there with you. I, I totally get it. So, yeah, but you are like so full of life and excitement. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is like it's a beautiful thing to watch. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I love I love the story, you know, so go get your dreams. This is what, you know, Rich is here to help you, you know, get, get to what your dreams are. Start thinking of it now. You know, I think regardless of what age you are listening to this podcast, if you're 20, think about this. This is a way that you could create a legacy for yourself. If you're 40 and you're going through that life crisis and you're saying, I don't know if I want to keep this, continue to keep this job. Maybe this is something for you. There's something out there for you. Um, You know, think about what that passion is and how a franchise could help fulfill that passion. You know, I know my my son-in-law, he just turned 39 um, and he's like, I don't know if I want to do what I'm doing, you know, for the next X amount of years. And he loves to hunt. And all I keep thinking of is Cabela's. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think maybe we could, you know, get a franchise going for something that he loves to do, you know, and I think that's what's really important here. So throwing out a bunch of ideas for everyone. You know, I hope that you're loving this podcast and listening and hearing something different about franchising, because I know I am rich. I've heard about franchising. I've networked with people that help with franchising, but nobody comes at it like you are. Well, thank very, you. Very refreshing. I love what you're doing. I can't wait to tell my husband about it because he might be one of your clients. <laughs> well, we can share stories. How's that? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So I love it. And we can get your book on Amazon. Is your book available on Amazon? On Amazon. And if they just reach out to me, I'd be happy to send them a free copy as well. Just oh, because. well, look at that. So go yeah. to his website and get a free copy You know, of the book. Get a free well. copy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you again so much for being on our show today. I really appreciate it. And like I said, when we started, I am so excited for our relationship to continue um, over the next X amount of years uh, because I know it will. So thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me on the program. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.